Life has its ups and downs. Life can be fun. Life is sometimes hectic. And life is full of choices. Welcome to Venture, the podcast that brings the biblical truth to the ventures that we face in this world and live in today. Hey everybody, welcome back to another Venture Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Wills, and I'm the lead pastor at Chandler Acres Church in Bellevue, Nebraska. And I am so excited to have all of you with us today on this podcast uh, because we are in our fourth and final message uh, of our four-part series called I Deserve It. And today I want to talk to those of you who feel the weight of, of maybe some type of personal failure. Maybe you let yourself down or you let somebody else down or you let God down, or maybe you didn't perform in a way that you thought that you were supposed to, and you feel the weight of that. And and all of us, unfortunately, at one time or another, we fall short of the right standards and let ourselves, God, and other people down. And so I believe that if you are listening today, you are listening uh, for a reason and a purpose of, of why God has placed you maybe in the situations that you are in or the life that you have. And, and so I'm super excited for that point. And for me, I remember even as I talk to you today, I think back to the very first time I preached and I failed miserably. It was when I was serving in Council Bluffs, Iowa as a student pastor, and, and my father actually happened to be the uh, lead pastor, and uh, he needed to go out of town. And so he had asked me to, to give the sermon on a Sunday morning, a specific Sunday that he was, he was leaving. And, and so I went to work. And I began praying and, and talking to God and asking him, God, what should I share? And, and as he began to share with me what I should share, um, I began to putting together notes and, and some scripture and, and, and some illustrations that I wanted to share to the congregation. And so the day comes, and I'm feeling a little nervous, <laughs> probably more than a little nervous. I, I probably felt um, almost nauseous at that point. And but it's now time to, to get up and, and share what God has laid on my heart. And so I begin to welcome everybody and thank them for, for being out there for the day. And, and uh, I, I wanted to start off with uh, a story about myself. And I had a little story, something a little, a little humorous, uh, something that maybe people can laugh at and, 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 and put myself out there in a little bit of vulnerability just to have some fun and to know that, hey, I'm, I'm with them on this. And and so I did, and, and and few people laughed at the end of the story, and and what it did was it really built my confidence up because I had people that were laughing and responding to the story I shared, and so I continued with my message. But from that point on, I never heard another sound from anyone, nothing, not a laugh, uh, not an amen, nothing, okay, until one of the ladies in the front row, and she was probably, uh, I would say, early 90s, <laughs> you know, and all of a sudden, as I closed, started closing up my message, she yells out, amen. And I was like, all right, you know, somebody at least paid attention and, and kind of went that way. And so as I closed out, closed out the message, the music began to play, and we had invitation and, you know, and things like that. And then I closed up service, had some announcements, and then I began to walk back to the church so that I could greet everyone and be ready after the deacons prayed, closed in prayer, and so as people were leaving, I could say hi and, and whatnot. 
And so as everyone is leaving service, they're, they're shaking my hand and saying, hey, Pastor Dan, have a good day and, and so forth and, and, and saying hi and bye and, and all this kind of stuff. But no one said that it was a good message, that, hey, Dan, you preached a great message or anything a- until the lady that happened to yell out amen came forward or came back there. And she grabbed my hand to, to kind of shake it. And as she did, she actually pulled me towards her as if she's going to share something with me uh, on whisper something to me. And so she began to share, which I thought was some great encouragement or thought it was going to be some great encouragement. And she proceeded to say, hey, don't you worry. It will only get better. <laughs> you know, and I was just devastated because I realized that at that point, and actually it probably took me a little longer, that the only reason she yelled amen is because I was done preaching. You know, and that's it's a bit of a funny story, but the reality is so often our failures are not funny, and they hurt, and they sting. And in fact, in a group that maybe is listening of this size, there are certainly some of you out there right now that you feel the weight of a decision. Or an action that left you in a place you never wanted to be. And I don't know what it could be for you, okay? You maybe made a vow to God and you broke it. Or maybe you made a promise to yourself and you broke it. Or maybe you made a commitment to somebody else and you didn't fulfill that commitment. You let someone that you care about down in a significant way. You let yourself down. And you feel like you failed God miserably. And it could be any number of different things, right? Maybe you neglected your marriage when you know you shouldn't have and you didn't think it would matter, but now you feel the weight of it because it's caught up to you. And you didn't take care of your body when you should have, and now years later you've got health issues and you wish you could go back, but you you can't seem to do it and you feel so horrible about that. For some of you, you're facing a financial mountain right now. It could be you made a risky investment or an accumulated more debt than you ever thought you could, or, 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 and you're looking at it going, how am I ever going to get out of this? And for some of you, it was that you were hard on your kids for years and years, and you wanted to be a strict and a loving parent, but maybe you were too strict. And now your kids are grown, and they don't want to have anything to do with you, and you're like, I didn't mean to do this. Some of you, it may be something more simple. Maybe you had a dream. You always thought, one day I'm going to pursue that dream, and I'm going to go for it, and I'm going to take that risk, and I'm going to take that chance. And now you're in a place where it seems like the ability to pursue that dream has passed you, and you feel like such a failure because you thought that there was, at this point in your life, you'd be doing something different, something better, something more significant, something more meaningful. And one day you just wake up and you think, how in the world did I get here? I never thought I'd be in this place at this moment. I always thought life would be different and, or better. And you feel the weight of the decisions that you wish you can go back and do over again. Well, today we're going to look into Luke chapter 22. And we're going to see a guy who quite honestly messed up big time, huge, okay? The reality is this man, Peter, deserved to be counted out. But because of the grace of Jesus, we're going to see that God gave him another chance. And I believe for some of you, this will be a message, a moment with God that will bring the hope that you need to keep going and believe that God will bring a better tomorrow. 
So let me give you a little bit of a context before we really jump into Luke 22. I'm going to kind of give you where we're at with it before we jump into where we're at today. It's really an amazing story of humility and brokenness. Jesus actually tells his disciples, he says, hey, tonight you will fall away on account of me. And Peter, who honestly loved Jesus and said, he he says this, he goes, no, 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 no. All these other guys, they may fall away, but not me. Jesus, I've got your back. I'm here. I'll never fall away. And Jesus looked at Peter and said, Peter, tonight before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times. And Peter's like, no, 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 again, Jesus, you're talking crazy here. Even if I have to die with you, I will never, ever deny you. And if you know how the story goes, Peter denied Jesus not once, not twice, but three times. And we're going to see the story and see what we can learn from God about how we can overcome our own failures in this story. So we're going to start on verse 54, okay, Luke 22, 54. And what I want to do is I want to show you, first of all, two of Peter's mistakes, okay? He made more, but I want to focus on these two because these are two that I've made. And chances are you might find yourself in this story as well. So Luke 22, starting with verse 54, here's what it says. Then seizing him, they led him away and took him into the house of the high priest. Now I want to pause there for a second because what you need to know at this point when Jesus is in the house, okay? The beating is actually going to start there. The the beating, before he even gets to the crucifixion, starts in that house. They start abusing Jesus. He's going to come out of that house looking much different than he went into that house. All right? So let's read on. Peter followed at a distance, and when some there had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together, Peter sat down with them. Now, Scripture says that Peter did what? Peter followed at a distance. And I want you all to remember that, okay, that Peter followed at a distance, okay? And now he's sitting down in the enemy camp with some other people. And I want to show you two of the several mistakes that Peter made, okay? The first one is this. He underestimated his own weaknesses, See, this is so important. He underestimated his own weaknesses because we have to understand every single one of us that, that we are absolutely capable of doing anything wrong at any moment. We are all capable of sinning, messing up, falling short, letting down God, letting ourselves down, falling away from the promises that we make. We are all capable of horrific sin at any moment. And the moment you think you're not is the moment you're most vulnerable. In fact, Paul said this, if you think you're standing firm, be careful so you don't fall. In other words, those of you who say, I would never have an affair or I would never cheat in any way, I would never ever be careful. We have to be aware of our own weaknesses. And unfortunately, I've learned the hard way. See, I'm never as strong as I think I am, and I can be self-disciplined with a lot of different things and with certain things, right? But if one of of you or somebody else cuts me off of the road, then all that self-discipline in a moment goes out the window, okay? And I can be incredibly weak and vulnerable at any moment. I'm never going to say for a second I'm above any sin because we are all capable of falling short in any way and at any time. 
And we have to recognize that. In fact, if you're kind of taking some notes, uh, maybe you want to jot this down or put this to memory, that, that acknowledging weakness is the first step towards true strength. Okay, Acknowledging weakness is the first step towards true strength. You are only as strong as you are honest. And Peter did not recognize his own weakness. I'll never leave you. I'm always going to be here. I promise I'll die with you. And then he denied Jesus three times. Okay, The second of his biggest weaknesses is he followed Jesus at a distance. Remember I told you to remember that. He followed Jesus at a distance. I need to just say for some of you that are listening right now, this is the moment that you are listening today, okay? Because God is really going to lovingly convict you on this point, okay? He followed Jesus at a distance. The reality is we can choose how close we are to Jesus. Some people want to be very close to Jesus. And then if I can play with this metaphor a moment, okay, metaphor for a moment, you want to seek him first every single day. All of us do, right? You want to be in his word. You want his Holy Spirit to guide you. You want to be sensitive to what he's leading you to do all day long, right? You want to be serving in the church. You want to be close to the action. You want to know what his will is. You want to follow Jesus closely. Why? Because you value him above all else. But tragically today, I think, and quite honestly, perhaps the majority of you listening it's more comfortable to follow Jesus from a distance. In other words, there are so many people today that say, I honestly believe, I, I want all the good stuff that Jesus offers, right? Keep me out of the hot place when I die. Let me go to the cool place where all the angels are. I want to be in heaven. I want that kind of stuff, and I want the blessings, the comfort, and all that. But I don't want the cost of following Jesus too closely. I don't want people to make fun of me saying, oh, he's a Jesus guy, a Bible thumper, or she's a Jesus freak, or whatever people might say, all that kind of stuff. I, I don't want to pay that kind of price. I'd rather get the blessings, but I want to do it from a distance. The reality uh, is I myself, I want to be close to the action, okay? Let me put it this way. When I lived up in Michigan, uh, my wife and I, we took our kids to some different sporting events. We, we went to a, a Michigan Wolverines game, football game, uh, and we sat up in the nosebleed seats. Okay? We took, to the, took the kids to the Detroit Tigers baseball game, uh, and we sat in the nosebleed seats. We could barely see some of the action down on the fields. We were so far up. Then one day, a coworker of mine gave, me, uh, gave my family some um, seats to the Detroit Red Wings hockey farm team. Okay? Now, farm team is not the true Red Wings, but what it is is it's the farm system. These guys are super talented. They're basically one play away, one game away, you know, one week away from going to the NHL. Okay? That's how talented these guys were. So we drive to the game, and we find out the tickets are right on the glass. Okay? And for you non-sports fans, that's the front row, okay? And it's like having courtside tickets. You basically are at the same level as the players are. You can definitely see the action now. And suddenly, the, these, these athletes, they're bigger than you can imagine. They're faster than you can imagine. Smellier than you can imagine. Yes, you can smell them right there. But the action is stunning. It is unbelievable. Just just. You, it's so unreal almost that, that you just are right in the mix of it. And so here we are, okay, uh, in these seats, 
And we find out our area has a concierge. <laughs> I don't even know there was such a thing. I never knew there was such a thing at a sporting event. The, the, the food that you that you get, you ordered it, and it was brought to you, okay? And it had a special menu. This area had a special menu. More than just hot dogs and cotton candy and stuff, they had steaks and burgers and, and desserts, you know, like desserts like that you would you know, buy in the restaurant type of thing. They were fantastic. Nobody had told us about this stuff. It was great, okay? So in the middle of the game, uh, a fight breaks out, and you feel like you're in this fight with them. We're so close that it, it honestly felt as they began this fight, they come right in front of us to the point that as they were throwing punches, I felt like I had to protect my wife and kids because I thought they were going to go right through the glass and hit them. But then I didn't even have to because my seven-year-old son at the time is already up on the glass, pounding on it, going, knock him out, knock him out, you know, and he's already taking care of it. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to be up front, right? I want to be close to Jesus. I want to be where the action is. I want to be close enough to hear his voice and sense his presence. See, I don't want to be a nosebleed, a leave earlier follower of Jesus. I want to be one who gets there early, who gets the best seat in the house, who is close to him, who pursues him. I want his presence leading me every single day. In fact, I'm going to argue all day long that had Peter been physically close to Jesus, he would have never denied Jesus. Why? Because just a few hours earlier in the garden, whenever Jesus was going to be arrested, and the Roman soldiers came in and had their servants, what did Peter do? He pulled out his sword and he swung and he took off the guy's ear. Why did Peter cut off the guy's ear? Well, actually, it's because he had bad aim. He was actually trying to cut off his head. And he's like, I'll die. I'll fight to the death for you. When he was physically close, then Jesus said, Peter, we're not going to do it this way. Give me this guy's ear. And he went, plop, put it back on the guy, healed him in his own name. And he's like, don't do that today. And Peter would have been willing to die for Jesus when he was close to him. But when he followed him from a distance, suddenly he was much more vulnerable. And if I can just say this right now, for some of you, if you are following Jesus from a distance, you will never experience all the goodness, all the blessings, and you are much more vulnerable. I always want to be a front row, front row follower, okay? I want to be as close as I can, and I hope you do too. Because being close to Jesus is where the spiritual action is. And I want to be close enough to always hear and know his voice. Okay? Mistake number one was he didn't realize how weak he was. And mistake number two is he followed Jesus from a distance. And here's how it cost him. Okay? We're going to go pick it back up in verse 56. A servant girl saw him seated there in the, in the firelight. She looked closely at him and said, this man was with him. But he denied it. Woman, I don't know him, he said. And a little later, someone else saw him and said, you are also one of them. And Peter said, man, I am not. About an hour later, another asserted, certainly this fellow was with him, for he is a Galilean. And Peter replied, man, I do not know what you're talking about. Just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. What's interesting to me is Matthew also reported on this story. 
Luke told how he saw it. Matthew told another version. Matthew said that after Peter denied Jesus the third time, he said, man, if I'm lying, may a curse fall on my head. In other words, I swear to God, send me to hell if I'm lying. That's how severe it was. And what's so crazy is the only person that Peter fooled was himself. Everybody else knew, okay? Everybody else knew. And if I can just say, there are some of you that are listening right now that are in the same place right now. The only person you're fooling is yourself. Everybody else will tell you, you've got a problem. And you're going to go, I don't have a problem. I can quit any time. No, you can't. You've, you, if you could have, you would have a long time ago. You have a problem. No, I don't. The only person you're fooling is yourself. Well, my marriage is just fine. I know my wife's dissatisfied and it's not the best, but it's fine. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe you're fooling yourself. The only person that Peter fooled was himself. May a curse fall upon me if I'm lying. And that's how he deceived he was. Three times he ended up denying Jesus. All right, let's read on. Verse 61, the Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Let's pause there for a second. Because to me, this is heartbreaking. If you can imagine it, the Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. And I want you to think about this. At this point, it's very likely that Jesus' face was black and blue, and bloody. The Savior that Peter loved, Jesus, would have been beaten at this point. In this moment, as Jesus had always been faithful to Peter, he looks at the unfaithful Peter straight in the eyes, and you can only imagine the pain at that moment. Let's read on. Then Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and he wept bitterly. I'm curious. When is the last time that you've wept bitterly over your sin? When is the last time when the weight of your sinfulness just became so real that you broke down before God? And I'm not talking about remorse. I'm talking about repentance. See, remorse is different. Remorse is, I'm sorry I got caught. Repentance is, I'm sorry, God, I let you down. Deep repentance. God, I want to be different than this. When is the last time you wept over your sin? I don't want to make make you go, okay, well, we're going to have to work up some tears now. Give me some onions. That's not what I'm talking about, okay? I'm not saying that. I'm saying that whenever I'm not sensitive to the horror of my sin, that's when I'm following Jesus from a distance. Whenever I'm following him closely, I will repent quickly and deeply because I feel the weight of what I've done. He went outside and he wept bitterly because he knew that he had completely disappointed and broken the heart of Jesus. Peter, who Jesus called the rock, Peter the rock crumbled not once, but not twice, but three times. And I so can identify with this. I can imagine some of you are on the very same page as me. God, I promise from this point forward, I will always do this. And right after the promise, you end up breaking the promise in a matter of days, weeks, or months. I will never do this again. I promise. I will never do this again. I'll never look again. I won't look at something inappropriately again. I'll never look again. 
And then you look again, and you feel the weight of it. I'll never neglect my family. I'm always going to be there for them. I'm always going to be there for my family. I'm not going to neglect them. And then you get busy, and all of a sudden, you just leave them behind, and you wake up and you realize, I neglected them once again. I'm always going to do this, God. I'm always going to seek you first. And then you end up not doing so, and you feel the weight of it. What we have to understand is Peter made a bold promise, and he was not faithful, and he absolutely completely deserved to be counted out. But because of the grace of God, Jesus did not count him out. Jesus gave him another chance. And sometime on your own, I want you guys to read John 21. Because it's a beautiful story about the restoration of Peter. It was after Jesus had given his life on the cross and he was raised from the dead and he has a beautiful moment, kind of an extended conversation with Peter. And he asked Peter, do you love me? Do you love me, Peter? Do you really love me? Then feed my sheep. What Jesus does is so amazing. Jesus forgives Peter. He restores Peter. And then Peter is the one chosen by God to be the keynote speaker on the day of Pentecost. How'd that happen? The guy who failed and denied Jesus is the one who preached on repentance and saw thousands of people come to know Christ. Why? Because there was nobody better qualified to preach on repentance and forgiveness than the one who had repented and been forgiven. There was no one better. You think about what Peter learned. He learned so much right? What did he learn? He learned this. He learned success is not final. You may walk on water for a few minutes and you may be sinking the next, but he also learned failure is not fatal. And somebody listening needs to know that right now. You think you're always going to be successful, but listen, we are all failed, flawed human beings, sinful by nature. We will mess up occasionally, but when we do, failure is not fatal. And never internalize a failure because you, 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 just, you failed at something doesn't mean you are a failure. A failure is an event, never a person. There are some of you right now, you're in the middle of a massive pain and disappointment. And God knew long before you get here that you would get there. Okay, But when you are here, you will not be here forever. Because he's going to work in this to do something inside of you, to strengthen you. Because our God never wastes a failure. He's doing something in you to draw you closer to Jesus. And what's so crazy about this is that Peter preached Christ and preached Christ. And years went by and history tells us that Peter actually died as a martyr. Was willing to die for Jesus. The same Jesus that he denied three times. And tradition tells us that when they went to crucify Peter, Peter said, I'm sorry, but I will not let you crucify me as my Savior died. And tradition also tells us that Peter was crucified upside down on a cross because he was unwilling to die in the same manner of his Savior because he felt too unworthy. And yet he was willing to suffer and die for Jesus. The same guy that deserved to be counted out and was given a second chance became so strong because of the grace of Jesus that years later, This is one of the most powerful things that Peter said, and this is recorded in 1 Peter 4.16. Here's what Peter said. However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. Praise God that you bear the name of Jesus. The one who was weak and vulnerable became stronger at the point of healing. Now, I don't know who I'm talking to today, but if you're down, discouraged, you're hard on yourself, 
Not only did Peter have to receive the forgiveness of Jesus, but he also had to have the courage to forgive himself. And there's someone listening today, and you need to receive the forgiveness of Jesus, and you need to forgive yourself. And when you do, at your greatest point of weakness, he can make you strong, because his strength is made perfect in weakness. What happened to Peter, his guilt was replaced by God's grace, and his failure got turned into faithfulness. God will do the same thing for you and for me, because we deserve to be counted out, but we serve a God who will give us a second chance. Amen. Thanks for joining us for another Venture Podcast. Uh, That wraps up our series of I Deserve It, and so I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, Next week, we start a new series called Habits, where we're going to look at how we use small disciplines to get big results. We'll talk to you soon. If you'd like to know more about Venture Podcasts or would like to support this ministry, please visit our website at www.chandleracreschurch.com.